I just love that's what we're going for. That <laughs> we're just going for like vomit pancake vampires. And you just like if you accept that to anyone, they'd be like, What? And be like, Oh no, it's Star Trek, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Anyway. Space. <laughs> the final frontier. These are the voyages of the USS Adequate. Our ongoing mission until we are cancelled and replaced by something far superior. To review every Star Trek episode and movie in existence. To seek out new guests and make them very uncomfortable. To boredly go where very many other Star Trek related YouTube shows have gone before. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Trekking Up North. I am your host as ever, Captain Goodwill, and joining me is the delectable Geesian from the planet Honk! Honk! <laughs> Science Officer Sunoise. Sunoise, can you hear me over my new swanky expensive microphone? So, I... But... I, but uh, uh, that just... Uh, uh, anus. <laughs> No. Oh, right. Okay, cool. At least it's something I can relate to. It's also full of piss. Yes. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. Hello. <laughs> I can hear you loud and clear. Uh, yeah, it sounds good. You were really paranoid that you were like, oh, but what if it's hissing and stuff? And I'm like, I can't hear it, but I, I am have, very old. I have tuned <laughs> and, and tuned. Yes, because I, I literally spent uh, a very long time, all of 20 minutes ago, uh, setting all this up. So, yes. Um if I'm coming through loud and clear, or if there is any uh, issues, guys, please let us know in the chat. Hello to everyone in the chat. Hello to Beth, Christopher, Sarah. We've got Damon, the background actor, who we're going to have on soon. Because Ooh. as soon as... The... Why can we have him on soon? Because as soon as the sag after strike ended, he messaged me and he was like, this is what I was in. And I'm like... Oh, damn. <laughs> we are not only having you on, we're having you on the main podcast. You, you have, wow, oh. you, you've been near Nicolas Cage. Mm. We're having you on. Yes. Uh, Goodwill sounds like <laughs> audio caramel coming in my ears. Well. <laughs> coming in your ears. <laughs> once you go black, you go deaf. So, the. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Speaking of deafness, we have blindness in this episode. Do we? Now, I. Well, oh, yes, I I absolutely love this this episode. Obviously, just speeding ahead a bit here, but this is like I haven't watched that much of the original series. Like I keep doing it in like you know bits. Where I'll watch like five episodes, then I'll watch the next five episodes, then I'll go off for like a month or two, and then watch another five. And so what I did is I watched all of the episodes around this one. I was like, oh, this is really good, and I've realized I've done that thing I do with a lot of shows why only work on the first couple of episodes and then go, oh, I'm not really keen. You know, like, oh, well, it's not, you know. Sorry, I just, I thought my door was knocking and I'm like, I have had no one for days. And then <laughs> as soon as the show starts, someone starts, no, fuck off, whoever you are. It's someone it, being like, excuse me, you will find that Thatcher did all she could for this country. Oh, <laughs> no, it's, it's it's my conservative MP. No, it's, it's fine. It's, it's I think it's next door. <laughs> but that would suggest him doing something. You yeah. know, that would suggest... Mm. Him um, knowing where his constituents are. Con constituents. But no, um, yeah, so but yeah right. this episode has everything. It is amazing. It like I this is literally a fever dream of an episode. And that's why I was kind of pushing online for people to watch it. Because I was like, please watch this and just make sure that me and Goodwill aren't just going mad when like so that you can sympathize when we're like, this happens and then this happens and then 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 it's vampires. And you're like, what what the fuck is this? this you know? the, the... Trekkies will know uh, with the original series there were 79 episodes and 30 good ones. That's forever been the mantra when it comes to the original series. This is one of the 30. Um, <laughs> it does have everything. It is absolutely off the chain. 
Um, but we, before we do, um, before we do go any any further, I do have a uh, shout out to. Um, oh God, where do I start with? It's been a difficult week mm. uh, for me, as as many of you uh, do know. Um, I used to take care of my uh, grandmother, who was terminally ill with cancer. Fuck cancer, very much like the Tories. Um, she took a turn for the worst. Um, we had a Marie Curie nurse come in to help us out through the night because I was, yeah, man, I was, I was, things were getting worse and I was not coping very well. Um, and this lovely nurse, Donna from uh, Marie Curie, came in throughout the night and was an absolute trooper and took care of not only my grandmother but myself. I had been up for 52 hours straight from Monday, first thing Monday morning, all the way into Wednesday morning. And uh, I was broken, very much broken. But she took care of my grandmother and she took care of me. Um, and I just want to give a huge, I mean, she'll probably never hear this or see this, but I just want to say thank you to Donna. Uh, not the Donna, but uh, another Donna. Um, <laughs> for being there, for helping and ensuring that we could move on to the next stage of um taking care of my grandmother so it's it's been a very hard week um that's why i've been rather quiet uh on socials and in real life but hey the the show must go on um she's being cared for in a better place and uh yeah so thank you so much donna for helping me uh, because i would have probably just walked into the sea by the end of 52 hours up straight um i mean i'm doubting your ability to walk into the sea after 52 hours you're gonna get stuck somewhere you're gonna be like they'll find you just constantly in a walk cycle against a wall or something yeah it was it's been a very difficult week and we we thought she wouldn't uh make it but she's been she's been uh taken care of by specialists uh in a hospice just down the road from where i live um, which is what's needed. Um, but it's all the more reason uh, for anyone to donate to our Just Giving page for Cancer Research UK. It's just that no other person and no family will ever go through what we are currently going through. It is it is hard to see someone you have known your entire life be so strong and then suddenly get so weak that they are unable mm. to take care of themselves. So, yes, thank you so much, uh, Donna. You were amazing. However, I, I will say, though, like you put so much pressure on yourself and it's the fact of you need to, you know, because all, all, you know, your your attitude is that like, you know, you feel like you failed her and that you weren't be able to be there. But then all the work you have put in, you have been absolutely fantastic. You have been the perfect grandchild to her for months now, like. You know, the, the the fact of like that dedication and that sort of level of empathy for another person being, you know, doing your full time job, doing all of your external things like this bullshit and also caring for someone that is, you know, it, it's the fact of, you know, you deserve like, you know, so much praise for managing that when other people would have just gone, oh, we'll just you know, get someone else to, to do it because I don't want to think about it. The fact that you were there for your grandmother is amazing. It's and the hardest The fact that she's got hospice care now. But yeah. it, it made defeat, but it's the fact of, you know, 
it's that whole thing of like not having a, you know being able to be like hey what is the best in this situation like you know it's like walking away from a relationship you kind of go oh but but I don't want things to change and you go well actually what would be best kind of thing yes. and the fact of that she's being looked after now that you can visit her when you want and that you can catch up on sleep man because I don't think that she'd want you to be this run down and this yeah. exhausted all the time you know yeah I have uh it was the first time last night i have slept for 10 concurrent hours bloody hell um what does that feel like yeah my watch Asking was my friend my 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 smart watch was like are you alive what? <laughs> um, why they, they thought you just slipped it on a dog or something you were not awake after four hours what is wrong um yeah so i i've been Yes, yeah, so I have got a, a weekend off to um, tidy up the bomb site that is my home, but it was it was it was a difficult decision, but it had to be made because no one you, you could try your absolute level best to juggle all these things, and mm. you get you just get to the point where you, you cannot do it, and for your own sanity, and at the end of the day, ultimately for their benefit you need to say i can't do this on my own she needs professional around the clock care yeah. um because for all i have praised marie curie there were elements of our health service where when i reached out for emergency help i was told do it yourself we don't do that when they absolutely do and it's you, if, yeah, oh, if only the Tories weren't strangling the fucking NHS, where yes. they're just like, oh, well, we can't give out any drugs because we don't have any drugs because yeah. we have no money because, you know, because we're spending fucking 200 billion quid on some bullshit, you know? Yeah. It's HS2. A, yeah. The, the, what's the mantra for this week from the Tories? It's a lifestyle choice. Hmm. Okay. So, yeah. but on a happy... so, uh, dude, what were we saying? Suella Braverman being like, sort of like, oh yeah, um, being homeless is a lifestyle choice. He's just like, going, well, and the other options are, you know, it's like, like, have you tried death? You yeah. know, just... the you know, she... they're going to put that on pamphlets. They're going to spend five billion pounds printing pamphlets out to send to the poorest houses rather than say giving that money to actual charities maybe they can knit it into a blanket well the, the crazy yeah. you know the craziest thing i literally we this is a bit of a uh self-promotion but we just released a new episode of the girl podcast yesterday which is speaking to the winners of the mr gay uk uh, great britain and europe and mx drag uk mm. and Basically, and then it was really weird because in the Europe competition, they were all talking about their own countries and what sort of the state of gay rights and stuff is there. And one of them in the Netherlands was basically just going, oh, well, uh, I think it was Netherlands, where basically they were just going, oh, well, we don't have charities here. And it was like, well, why? You know, because it was like, why don't you raise money for charity as part of the competition in your country? And they're like, well, we don't have charities because we don't need charities because the government funds everything. Like the government just goes like, Oh, cool. We need homeless people to have like shelter and stuff. Okay, cool. We'll do that. Oh, we'll get people into houses. Oh, uh, we need healthcare. Oh, we'll do that. And you're just going, what a crazy world this is. Where you're just like, why the fuck do we have it? Where we're just going, hey, we pay taxes, but also uh, let's just have all these charities that don't get paid by the taxes. And then what's the taxpayer money being spent on? HS fucking two, but only to Birmingham, right? <laughs> and Manchester. Connecting the North. 
<laughs> kind of yeah, connecting the north to the Midlands. The, the Midlands. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, that was is, my answer. Is it anything, 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 anything north of Stratford is considered the north uh, when it comes to the Conservative government. But anyway, well, I love it when it's like literally it goes London, the south, and then everything else is the north. And I'm like, just because everyone wants to get away from them doesn't mean it's yeah. Like... Anyway, anyway, sorry about anyway, that. Guys. But, uh, I'm very glad that the uh, Sagafers strikes are resolved now. That is an absolutely amazing uh, deal because the stuff we've been reviewing, the Lower Decks, the Strange New World, this has been, oof, chef's kiss Star Trek. Like, and we need all the best writers working on that to do more of it because I... I'm in love with it all. And also, shout out to Michelle Hurd and Jerry Ryan, who have been absolute fucking troopers on the front line of the strikes. Yeah. Really just hammering, <laughs> it, hammering it home why they are striking, what they want, and protecting actors' rights because no one wants to go to a job and say, oh, well, you can you can get paid for this one job and then we'll take a scan of you and use you as AI for the rest of your life until you are yeah. dead and, and beyond. And you're like no it's just yeah unsettling and this is the thing and it's the idea of having those voices like saying it how it is because this is the problem we have this is like why with the rail strikes and stuff it was great that we got like cool union leaders who literally just went on television and went no here are the facts and then all the newspapers are like oh well we kind of forgot to mention those bits but you know they're boring you know like the idea of like going, hey, okay, cool, everyone should go back to work at the rail stations, but we're going to fire you in a couple of months and we're going to make you sign a contract that means you're working for less money and you have less hours, and also we're going to get rid of all the staff on trains. And you're like going, yeah, I wonder, yeah, that that, that kind of justifies the strikes a little bit, but no one's really talking about it. Uh, but luckily, the we've had a turnaround there as well, haven't we, where the, uh, train station, the trains have announced that they are actually going to keep ticket offices open and they're going to be manned and stuff so yes unions striking unions. works <laughs> unions that's are... what we need unions see <laughs> fight the power everyone needs a miles o'brien because a miles o'brien is a union man exactly <laughs> not the fact and that the greatest starfleet officer in history not the fact that his great 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 grandfather had 13 bullet holes in his back during a minor strike but anyway <laughs> um yes we are here to review Wow, this is the first original series episode we have reviewed on Trekking Up North, and I'm quite excited for it. We are here to review Season 1, Episode 29, not 30, you know, as of what Netflix says, Episode 29, Operation mm. Annihilate! <laughs> which is, which is I, I, I think I put in my notes that that is literally what my Trek-themed metal band is going to be. Thank you, you said <laughs> metal band and we not are, a euphemism. <laughs> we are Operation Annihilate! Um, yes, first aired the 13th of April, 1967. And the remastered version was first aired on the 23rd of February, 2008. And the remastered version is what everyone has seen because, bless little Sanoise, he's been encouraging all of our lovely fans to get onto Netflix, Amazon Prime, Paramount Plus, and watch Operation Annihilate so you guys can all join in on the discussion in our lovely little live chat here on YouTube and our I little live fun. I think it is fun and our live comments yeah. below if you want to put some comments below on what you thought about this episode. For me, coming off Strange New Worlds, it's like, let's go revisit the one with Sam Kirk and the glorious moustache. Is this the only episode that Sam Kirk is in? Yes. 
Is he, is he even mentioned before? Or are they pulling like a Spock's family reveal? This is the first time he's mentioned in the Yeah, well, yeah and yeah. probably the last. Uh, well, yes, because, you spoilers. know, spoilers, uh, he's literally just Shatner in a moustache. <laughs> no, he looks way better than Shatner. It's Shatner Whoever in this a actor is. It's Shatner in a moustache. Is it actually Shatner? It is Shatner in a moustache. This is 1960s TV. They literally make him look so much better with the slicked back hair. Yeah, it's Shatner in a moustache. Yes. Wow, okay. The the premise is that the Enterprise is trying to contact the Denver colony after they have not had any transmissions for over a year. There has been a pattern of mass insanity destroying civilizations across a certain section of the galaxy. And this, I, this pattern I love is that they... Yeah, it's a line, and I love that they've got the whole sort of John Carpenter's The Thing kind of thing, where they're just going, oh, there were some archaeologists on this planet that recorded saying something, and then that's all we know. And you're just going, hang on, so archaeologists dig something up, and then there's this weird pattern of madness spreading out in a line across the galaxy, and you're like going... Hmm, I wonder if those do that. And Spock just says it in like passing, and you're just going, I think that's I, that's a plot point. And that's when Kurt Russell turns up with a flamethrower. So the... <laughs> imagine if that's how it ended. <laughs> okay. So it's not um, quite the ending we expected, but just, a ginger kid got burned. So just fine. Sam's Kirk's mustache just sprouting legs and crawling along the floor. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, they are trying they are heading best speed to the Denver colony and they pick up a ship that is flying into the Denver sun and they are running after it because they want to know what's going on why they're flying into the sun they try and hail them and they get nothing and nothing and nothing and nothing as they are chasing them they finally get a communication and a person goes I did it it's finally gone I am free and then yeah and then it dies in the sun and you're just going like Okay, that's uh, cryptic, but... Very cryptic, and considering that Kirk's got a personal communication channel to the colony as well, uh, where he's Wait, trying but to reach... Because I remember this, because like, all the episodes I watched around this, Kirk is a little bit like sort of micromanaging, where he's very much always telling people how to do their jobs better. And, you know, like like in the previous episode, uh, what was it called? The City on the Edge of uh, Time, I think. It, forever. Um, he's going, like, uh, McCoy is doing something, and Kirk's like, oh, have you tried this? And he's like, you what? <laughs> you know? Again, yeah. Bones is just, like, going... You trying to tell me I'd do my own job? It's, it's, <laughs> it's kind of a plot twist, though, because uh, the the age old argument of Kirk over Picard, where they mm. go, "Oh well, Picard, Picard is more intelligent, and Picard is smart, and he's very, mm. you know, he pronounces himself a little bit better, and he's more superior." Yeah. And everyone's like, the people who know Star Trek go, "Well, actually, Kirk is the really smart one. <laughs> mm. He is incredibly intelligent, whereas Picard mm. is the Boy Scout. He is." The, the gung-ho, let's replace my heart with a pacemaker because I picked a fight with an Oxygen type of captain. Well, I, I don't know, though, because it's like, I'd probably say the opposite. I'd, I'd say sort of Picard, yeah, Kirk is probably more, like, experienced, like, well, more sort of intelligent than Picard, but Kirk is also recklessly emotional. Mm -hmm. Like, he's always led by his feelings at all times, and he's like, let's just do this thing, this reckless, crazy thing. And, and that's obviously why I'm opposed to him. But it's the fact of Picard is very much kind of like, hmm, let's ask everyone for their opinions. Whereas it's fairly rare that Kirk seems to ask people's opinions. <laughs> like, you know, in the in this episode, he like asks people's opinions and they tell him and he's like, no, nope, no, nope, let's get a better answer. And you're like, going, oh, OK, fuck them then, you know. We should say, guys, that uh, obviously we know that this is a product of 1960s television. We know that some themes 
Might not be agreeable to today's standards, but it is a product of its time. And we real we will raise uh, certain things also, you know, that that do happen in this episode, and we will um, highlight them. But I like mm. the fact that uh, he's he's trying to he's getting Uhura to use a personal comms channel um, because it's revealed that Sam Kirk and his family are on the Denver colony. I love though that he snaps at Uhura because we hear uh, Orlean Orlean's. Well, the Sam problem Kirk's is, wife. okay, like, hold on, I'll just stop you for a moment, because obviously the biggest problem, this is the biggest elephant in the room with this episode, mm. is that this episode seems to try and suggest, okay, in canon, and this is after I've seen Strange New Worlds and things on the internet, that Sam Kirk is actually heterosexual, and I won't accept this. So, in all of my notes, I've just written uh, Sam Kirk's beard. Uh, so I didn't actually learn her name. Uh, you know, it's just literally because I don't know what kind of tax evasion kind of you know deal they've got set up or whatever on Denver, Denver. But you know, anyway, so, yeah. So, so Sam Kirk's beard. Uh, send we get a transmission from the, her. Yeah, they make a brief contact with uh, Sam's wife. Uh, they then lose the transmission. But I love that Uhura loses uh, the transmission. Kirk snaps at her to get it back but Uhura being the absolute girl boss that she is stands her fucking ground yeah. but does it in the most calm and professional way possible where she goes I am telling you it is not possible because they terminated the communication on their end she didn't yeah. snap she saw that Kirk was agitated but she was calm she was cool and she was collective and this is why Nichelle is... Nichols was a boss all the yeah. way through the original series and the movies. It is the full on, uh, you know, like the complaints helpline of, okay, sir, if you'd like to lower your voice, yes, we will help with you. You know, it is very, like, there's, uh, at my, at, when I used to work in the office with my job, it was the fact of, there is the nicest, sweetest, most personable person in the entire company works the complaints line. And then you literally just overhear, yeah, you overhear them on a conversation and you just know that they're getting screamed at by some absolute wanker who's being who who's blaming them for something that they can never possibly be involved with and then and they are literally all sunshine and rainbows talking to them saying okay sir well what we'll do if you'll just hold on a moment hold on i'm gonna have to terminate the call if you continue like that and it's this and it's kind of wonderful seeing a horror because it gives them the power it's like hey I'm not the unreasonable one here. Please lower your voice, Kirk. You twat. But you know, no, he's not. I actually, I actually really like Kirk in these episodes, but I don't agree with a lot of the stuff he does. Mm -hmm. But I think that's what makes him a very unique captain. You know, it's yeah. I mean, he's a young captain. He's white. He's white a lot of the time. But it's the whole thing of please show you're working. Like he's, he's a young, I would very much captain. not jump off that cliff. Yeah. After his attempts at convincing me, even if it's the right thing to do, I'm like, you are not very good at convincing me about, you know, like he's he's a a 33 year old captain. He's quite mm. young, in charge of, uh, you know, one of the most advanced ships in the fleet, and he mm. is very gung ho. And later Star Trek series sort of play on, oh well. It was, you know, it was a different era. It was the 23rd century. It was shoot first, ask questions later. Oh, to be that thing. They do it in, uh, they mention it in uh, when we reviewed the Voyager episode with the Excelsior. Mm. 
Where Jane See, that was really weird because I was like, I'm pretty sure we've done an original episode of Trek on uh, Trekking Up North. And I was like, no, that was the weird back in time Voyager one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's so it's like, oh, well, it was a different time and it was shoot. And it's like, yes, because they have to sort of identify that this was a 60s space Western and that the ideals and the morals and everything was different and that it was shoot first ask questions later for a lot of it. Whereas mm. next generation onwards, it was like, you know, like you said, Picard would ask everyone else's opinions. They would have a conference. They would have a meeting. They would devise a plan together. Whereas this is like Kirk's going, let's do this. Let's do that. And it they portray him as this brilliant tactician, like in uh, Balance of Terror, that he is a brilliant tactician. He is a he is a Napoleon-esque mm. uh, commander that knows what he is doing and no one should really question his authority because he is James T. Kirk. Yeah. So that's how they sort of portray that. Well, I, I think it's good because obviously compared to Picard, where Picard, like obviously that episode he has with Crusher where she can read his mind and she's like, you're not confident at all, but you're just sounding like it to convince people. And it's like, yeah, that's Picard's whole strategy. Whereas Kirk is very much kind of, no, no, I'm totally in charge and I know what I'm doing. Whereas Picard is like, I'm 50% sure, but let's go anyway. You but, know? but this is the thing, like fake it till you make it is what a lot of people do. It's what I do. You know, I, I fake that confidence until I, I am able to do it in, in work. And I think a lot of people do that. Um, mm. They get back to the show. <laughs> oh, hold on, hold on. I just I just want to mention, I put a note here that made me giggle because one of my favourite things about the original bridge is, you know, Spock's little looky box thing? Yeah. Where there's this little sort of, everyone in the chat, do you see Spock's little looky thing where he's got this little periscope? Periscope it's got a periscope, and it's what also is in gonna, there? It's also uh, how does it like that looks like it, that as well? Yeah, but it's like the little periscope thing. It's like it seems to do just random shit all the time, and I'm like, what kind of monitor is it so showing in there? Like, they, they, and I just, I just love the idea that it's actually just what the butler saw. So it's literally <laughs> just pornography. It's like, but really vintage pornography, and he's like. Hmm, illogical, you know. It's just... Oh, it's one of those nickel machines. <laughs> yeah, 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 literally. He's just winding it up at the side. And, he's, and Kirk's just like, oh, what can you see? Oh, some shit's happening on decade. Take them off. Some ankles. Mm. <laughs> oh, take um, They actually had that in Star Trek Enterprise, though, as well. Where, but they, they actually tried to explain it that it's like it's a long range sensor and it shows information. Um, within like its, like a monitor, you like mean. a monitor, yeah. But it's <laughs> it's one of those that you know. It, I, I I can't explain. It. it was essentially it was a. 23rd, it's a cool thing they put on the set, and they were like, "Use this." It's a twenty third century periscope. <laughs> That's what it is. I'm just like, why is it covered off? Like, what is yeah. so special about it's it? A it's a twenty third century periscope. That's that's all it is. When they get to Denver, <laughs> though, they beam down to the surface. Um, humans are present. And it is extremely mm. quiet. I noted that the exterior locations, because Star Trek very rarely shot uh, on location yeah. other than Vasquez Rocks and, and certain other places. But mm. this was um, actually shot at um, UCLA for the labs. Really? This was 1960s UCLA. That's why it's very uh, art deco, very artsy, very I, liberal. I put notes down of how good it is. Like this, yeah. the whole location is just like, this is the 60s like this literally looks like some kind of modern thing like it feels 
obviously when they're in the buildings it doesn't feel as much mm. but on the outside i was like i really like this this looks like something we'd get now you know it was it was two locations so the the establishment one where they beam down that's ucla and mm. the second one with the the high rise white building yeah, that is the TRW Space and Defense Park in Redondo Beach, California. Redondo so, Beach. Redondo Beach, California. <laughs> it is a real place, guys. So yeah, when... I've been to. I also love that um, when they're transporting down to the planet. I made a note that it's like the 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 poor actor's hands operating the transporter, where it's literally just pulling the little levers down, trembling, and that's their whole job for the episode. Yeah, their whole job for the episode is just going, oh, and they're like, oh, don't don't make me fuck this up. <laughs> <laughs> so, as they are walking around the uh, the Denver colony, they find citizens running at them, telling them to go back, and they have got the plastic acrylic the, batons I, I put this where where's my notes uh, angry mob with perspex dildos which is which is basically what i, what I wrote for this because they're just like acrylic tubes and they're just like are they meant to be threatening or is it some kind of weird art project but um <laughs> But yeah, um, one thing I will say, and this is a very weird gaming reference, is that I want to reference the video game System Shock 2 here yeah. because these. this is incredible because basically this mob of angry guys is running towards them but yelling at them, go, you know, stay away, yeah. like run, uh, mm. get out of here. And you're just like, what the fuck? They're, they're chasing them, trying to hurt them, but they're also trying to help them. And that's something you get in System Shock where it's kind of freaky, obviously, because it's a horror game. Mm. But the mutants in it are people who have been mutated, but they're, they're, they're being controlled by a parasite that basically controls their movements but not their minds mm. so basically they're able to sort of warn and so their their monsters are basically going please kill me and like run away and stuff as you're fighting them and it's just like really freaky and i didn't realize until watching this episode that that is probably taken directly from this episode of star trek like yeah it's, yeah it's this idea of that once again how star trek influences popular culture is fantastic this series the the original series influenced so much in culture science technology it's it it is insane when you you think about it and you go oh yeah that little pokey show in the 60s well you see this device here um well that is why you've got a mobile phone yeah this this invented the flip phone because the person who invented the mobile phones was a fan of Star Trek and thought, yeah. I want to answer a call by going, hello. And yeah. then as, as a great like meta thing, they then developed this actual communicator as a Bluetooth device to answer your <laughs> telephone calls. Really? So there is <laughs> for sale right now, and if anyone wants to buy me it, you can. There is a legitimate original series communicator that links to your mobile phone that is programmable. All these are programmable. When you receive a phone call, you pick this up, you flip it like that, and you can talk to a person on a call through a communicator. And what's better is, and this is how scary technology has progressed, it, you are now able to have that technology in a next generation communicator so you could have an actual magnetic badge on your mm. chest so when your phone rings you tap it 
and you can answer a phone call from your com badge, like yeah. in Star Trek. I, I genuinely love that. Like, that's one of my favorite things about Next Generation. The fact that, like, the badge is the communicator. Yeah. Like, the badge, because the badge has the speaker in, apparently, doesn't it? It does, yes. Yeah, because it doesn't in Discovery, does it? It doesn't in Enterprise or Discovery. It's that it's the the, the it's sound in... goes into the room from speakers, but they know what speaker to use because of your badge. Yeah. I think that's how it works in Discovery. And they're also and like, universal that's translators. That's going to be weird for private conversations. They, they, are, they are also universal translators in the badge. Mm -hmm. So as someone is talking, the badge is actually telling you what they are um, saying. But it's, oh, wow. it's, but it's, it's one of those things where the... Like Star Trek influence, so I mean, obviously there was there was advances in certain fields of physics and about warp drive and how they do mm. this. Because Star Trek always, even as early as the original series, Star Trek listened to the scientists at Caltech to UCLA about how can we propel the ship, and they said, "Ah, well, if you do this and do this," and it's like yeah. they listened to people and actually implemented real science. That reminded me, I haven't turned on my Enterprise. Oh, he hasn't turned on his enterprise. Mm. There we go. Lovely. Get him. So, um, <laughs> it, 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 yeah, and it like the cultural impact that Star Trek had, even to this day, is like, I think it beats Star Wars to a certain extent. Probably. Well, well, when we think about it, the reason why I have a tablet that I can sort of monitor stuff and like carry around with me is because of Trek, because we had pads and stuff in, you know, original series in TNG. It's it's crazy. Just kind of all the stuff where you're like, this is why we have this everyday thing is purely mm -hmm. because some mad science fiction nerd went oh yeah they've got things and it's a computer but you can have it in your hand and walk around but it's got a big screen so you can see more information at once and stuff and you're just like going foreshadowing <laughs> you know <laughs> it's it's crazy because like even tricorders i mean they are developing medical tricorders where you know they will be able to diagnose or check things via an actual tricorder mm -hmm. And then in Star Trek Picard, in season two, the tricorder was a modified Samsung Galaxy flip phone. <laughs> and again, it's like that mess of... sponsors in there. It's like that circle of like, this was influenced by Star Trek and now Star Trek is influenced. And it's just like, it's so meta and it's so awesome. But then you're just like, I want L-cars for my phone always. <laughs> um, but um, I, I do... But basically what happens is the angry mob charge at them and they literally just immediately face them. They literally just immediately stun all of them and they all dramatically, almost too dramatically, one might say, like almost as if that was their only part of the whole episode and they were trying to milk it for all it's worth, dramatically fall to the ground. But this is uh, this is where the, the, the next part, though, is where this episode starts to fall short because we, we hear mm. the screams, they find... Um, Kirk's oh, sister-in-law. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Before we get to that, uh, we has one of my favourite lines in the whole thing, mm -hmm. which basically where Bones is checking the people after they've knocked them out and says the line, even in their unconscious state, they're being violently stimulated. And I thought, you know, I'd suddenly started watching a documentary about Epstein Island, but actually not. <laughs> I thought they were just Middlesbrough fans. Um <laughs> Yeah. But, they just, but I just, I absolutely love, I I absolutely love that. But yes, but the beard is screaming and they go and 
go and see her and she's uh trying to keep something out she's basically trying to cover up a ventilation shaft yes into the room she's absolutely hysterical they find her and this is again this is the 60s oh hi charles royal thank you for uh, hey a, a how phone, you doing Tim? a phone is a tricorder yes i uh, it is. A phone is literally a, a tricorder, but I'm. I was referring to the an actual medical technology where they can sense ailments and body temperature and stuff like that. It's, it's insane. But <laughs> yes, this is. This is the the shortfall where it's like it's the 1960s. A woman is hysterical, sedata. <laughs> just like oh well, just sedata. It. <laughs> genuinely do as well like let's not try and get any information from her or anything let's just sedate her and then just look around her house you know like that'll be more useful than actually talking to the woman but uh... it's it's yeah it, it's it's very questionable however they do i have to say though this act the actress is weird because you know you get this in horror okay where you get actresses and actors who are amazing at horrific screaming but they're not very good at actual dialogue. And that's kind of how I feel about her. Because I was like, top-notch screaming, love. That was really good. That was really <laughs> dramatic. But the whole putting the lines across was a bit cringe, you know? <laughs> imagine being an actor in the room, like, later on when she's in a sickbed, and just imagine being sort of like, you know, William Shatner just being like, this is the fourth take. My eardrums, they can't take it. However... Yeah. We do get to experience and see for the first time Samuel George Samuel Kirk. When we turn it, when we turn the body over, it is uh, I can't think straight. It is George Samuel Kirk, but it's just Shatner mm. in a moustache. This is why Sam Kirk in Strange New Worlds has a moustache because of this ten-second cameo on the original. Well, I I thought it was to make him less hot. I, I thought it was to, you know, it's, give Anson Mount a chance. It's it's delicious 60 budget, 60s budgetary where it's like, shall we hire another actor? No, put Bill in a moustache and get him on the floor. That's what they did. And now I have a bone to pick with you because you referenced the other day the ginger kid. Now, I'm going to pull you up here. I'm very confused by I'm this. I'm going to pull you literally, up here. Okay, I, uh, before you get this, okay, I'm just saying... Sam Kirk, my future husband from Strange New Worlds, maybe not William Shatner. Oh, well, don't stuff. compare Sam Kirk with Strange New Worlds to Sam Kirk in the original series, though. Come on. No, that, that's it. I mean, I like Sam Kirk in Strange New Worlds. Um, <laughs> and, and they're alive. That's a oh. bit of a, oddly a turn on for me. <laughs> you know, if it wasn't, that's a concern. Necrophilia <laughs> up north. Oh, but yeah, it's just below. At least uh, it's stiff. But yeah, it was, but it's the idea of obviously you're just like going, okay, so. She's like obviously brunette. He's Shatner and brunette, and then they just have this ginger kid. And I'm like, I know it can work like that progressively, but I like this idea that just adopted because, you know, he, he's around. lying to himself. Gather, gather round, Trex and Trekkers, <laughs> because I'm about to lay some thick. Get closer. I'm about to lay some thick, and that's T H I Ooh. capital C C knowledge on you. The ginger gene runs deep. Cover, cover me with my with your thick law. The the <laughs> it's law bukake. Allow me to fire the cannon. <laughs> the ginger gene runs deep within the Shatner and Kirk family because Bill Shatner's actual daughter Elizabeth Shatner is a mm. full-on raw ginger girl. <laughs> 
because raw she's ginger girl. raw ginger. <laughs> because Shatner's daughters have actually appeared in Star Trek and in mm. the movies. Elizabeth Shatner, when she was a wee little little knee out to a grasshopper, she was in the episode uh, where the adults all died on the planet and it was all kids. Mm. Elizabeth Shatner was in that. She is even more ginger than Kirk's nephew. So I'm just going to say there is a ginger gene within the Kirks and it is coming out in this generation. <laughs> now. Right. Now. <laughs> is that why they pretty much just don't give a shit about him for the whole episode? Yeah. I have... <laughs> I... Going back to Kirk's... Uh, going back to Sam Kirk's wife... When they get her onto sick bay, where we literally just get about four sentences, and she's just like, "They just they came in a ship, ah, dies." And it's like, it's literally what is it? Where's um? My actual notes here is beard trying to keep something out. Sam is dead. Son is ginger. Yeah, uh, that's my notes for that whole thing. Sam is dead. Yeah. Son is ginger. I'm pretty sure though, and again, this goes back to the '60s budgetary. This kid was in another Star Trek episode as something else. Okay, that's good, at least, because this poor actor, this poor child actor, it's like, hey, we've got a role for you. It's not too involved. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, oh, my God, am I operating the transporter buttons? No, not that in-depth, actually. The, it's it's the, less movement than that. The chat is liking <laughs> raw ginger. Yes, raw, raw ginger, ginger is a thing. I that was raw ginger. That that is an edgy Gothwill uh, T-shirt. There is there. a photo of raw me. ginger girl. There is a photo of me as a five-year-old, and I am a raw ginger. Like <laughs> they needed sunglasses to take a photo of my hair. Um, gingers are hot, says Charles Royal. Hi, it's true. It's, yeah. well, Don't the, let the, the frosted tips I, fool you. <laughs> but you know, like obviously as a kid, I was just like, oh, gingers. Oh, that's a bit strange. And then as an adult, I'm like, gingers. Yeah. Uh, it also kind of ties in with the fact that for some reason gingers seem to be really hung but let's move on uh yeah but it, i i just love the whole idea that she has this whole scene where she's like things arrived they were trying to control us and you're just like you 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 use this scene love yeah. <laughs> you, know, you 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 milk this but uh but it is quite great though that it's like what we're seeing here again is basically she is having to fight in order to talk because mm -hmm. something inside her is basically going no 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 don't tell them that don't tell them that and you know and giving a massive amounts of pain so what we and and the crazy thing is like what i love about this episode is the subtext it is just throwaway lines that tell this much a more bigger story like they dug something up like at an archaeology site and then suddenly this whole thing started oh the uh things controlling them are trying to get them to build ships so that they can move to other worlds and you're like this is like a whole movie and it's just like oh we're just gonna focus on this bit you know it's great this is proper world building track. it's great exposition however she does die and sam's son is now an orphan so moving <laughs> and we, well, never, yeah, discuss and, and we just never show him again yeah, basically never... we just go oh he's unconscious mm. Oh if, well. If Paramount is looking for something to exploit, the the adventures of Sam Kirk's Kirk ginger son. Yeah, like James, that's his name. It's yeah, not Sam, Sam Kirk, Kirk, Kirk Junior. It's Sam's ginger son. Yeah, raw ginger. <laughs> Lieutenant Lieutenant Junior Grade Sam's ginger. Son. Lieutenant Lieutenant Raw Ginger. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> Ensign Raw Ginger, take us to war. 
<laughs> Captain Raw. Oof. Uh, us in. Oh! <laughs> just slowly, because I'm a bit, yeah. Uh, <laughs> one third impulse. One third impulse! Oh, so, I said, the, that's warp seven. Uh, no, even, no, you don't want to go warp nine, though, because you can tear the universe and just leave that how it is. But Don't anyway. go in at warp ten, you'll turn me into a salamander. So <laughs> when we... Yes! And back to the salamanders. <laughs> but yeah. Have you seen the meme? Have you seen the meme that's going but going round about lower decks? No. Uh, I saw Phil Murphy tweeted it right. It, it's the Spider-Man meme, but it's Tom Paris, Nick Lacano, and a fucking salamander all pointing to each other. <laughs> that is brilliant. I love that the Shuttle Pod Show has got uh, got him on. Oh, it's his it birthday. Was the, it was his birthday. Perfect time day. to get him on. Yeah. Is it? A couple of years ago, a couple of couple of years ago, a couple of, couple of years, uh, but obviously, a couple it of feels years like ago. a couple of years. It was a couple <laughs> of days ago. Aging on pause, he was just like, yeah. no. It was a couple of days ago. So happy birthday, uh, Robert Duncan McNeil. Oh God, what day is it? Um, <laughs> the year, man. The year. The year. So but, uh, um, I, I do, I do love all of this though. Like that, that whole scene and her screaming is amazing. But basically, yeah. she she screams her life out. It's amazing, perfect sound effects, wonderful acting there, and then she dies. Like she literally, kind of, she's trying to disobey the thing inside her so much that the pain kills her. Yeah. Uh, in order to just help them out, if only they hadn't tranquilized her at the start, maybe. You know, if only they'd found out more information at the beginning. But. <laughs> Wow. Back on Denver, <laughs> Kirk beams down. Um, he meets up with the landing party. They say there are humans, but they're all in the buildings and there's nothing out of the ordinary except a hissing noise coming from the distance. So they go investigate the hissing noise into this quintessential 60s building with the wood panelling on the stairs, as you do. It looks like my high school. It, it looks does, like my high school. It? Before they rebuild yes. it. And I was just a bit like, it's fully Granger. This is this the building. thing, yeah. This this was my <laughs> secondary school, or high school yeah. if you're in America, where it was like single glazing, wood panelling on the staircase with black wrought iron, uh, whatever yeah. they call I shouldn't really do that on camera. But, um, yeah, no, but then we get to context. see... But then we get to see... And we have got guys... Me and Sonoise have two different names for these. Sonoise, do you want to name yours first? What we I've see? got so many names for them, okay? I was saying that they were sort of pancake vampires, uh, the creatures. But I, I will say that I was... My, my immediate thought is that they looked like those Halloween wounds. You know where you buy the sort of wounds at Halloween, where you sort of stick them on and then you expect it to somehow make them look good with no skill? Yeah. That's what they look like. It just looks like they just got a pack of them from Smithies. <laughs> just went, oh, they're monsters. So, so what what are you going to call them? Because then I, I'm, I, I, I'm going to get the, like the, the chat to vote which one they oh, want us to call it. Okay, because we've been using the word a lot now uh, and it arouses me, I'm going to go with raw pancake vampires. So raw pancake <laughs> vampires, I call yeah. them alien vomit pancakes. <laughs> because that's what they were. They were the plastic vomit that you used to get in the 70s were and they? 80s. No, but it, it looked oh, yeah, like it. it. I don't know. You're fucking blowing my mind by saying that, you know, this was like, you know, University of LA and stuff. Oh, UCLA, definitely. But yeah, yeah I, I called them alien vomit pancakes. <laughs> um, no, no, Christopher's got it. Gash scab. <laughs> so these gash scabs. The planet of the gash scabs. <laughs> planet crab. 
The the <laughs> jellyfish pancakes from Becker. That's quite good. <laughs> Alien vomit. What what does Becker say? Alien vomit for sure. Uh, can we vote for both? No, we can't. Beth, we need to choose one. So here here you well, go. Okay, guys. what would you scream if one was attacked? If you just had to communicate with someone that you were being attacked, what would you yell out? Gash grab sounds like cash grab, so I like that one. A vomit. I'm being attacked by a gas grab. Lee, Lee like, is calling them vom. Lee is calling them vomlets. Vomlets. Bomblet vamps. There we go. That, that's my new indie band. You know, it's okay, noise and the bomblet vamps. I, I don't have mod capabilities. I can't do a vote. I, I'm not on mod view at the moment. Um, <laughs> let me have a look, see if I can do a, a, a vote. No, I yeah, can't. Yeah, vampire oh. pancakes, as vampires have a lot to do with gingers. There we go. Wow. Okay. I feel them attacked. have souls. Um, uh, <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> Okay. I was quoting South Park, so technically I'm guiltless. It do be like that. Uh, raw ginger <laughs> salamander says Charles. <laughs> raw ginger. Bob McNeil I, is I, actually I, ginger, Charles. Do you not know this? Yeah. Raw, raw ginger salamander. I, I'm just. Hold on. I'm just going to update my grinder username. <laughs> anyway. Hold on. Looking for raw ginger salamander. Someone warp tens into your DMs. Anyway, they they they. We're doing worse than usual at getting through this. I love the fact Joe's Joe's just said, "Oh, I was just tuning in to trek it up north." Gash cabs. <laughs> Welcome to the party, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway. I, I just love the I just love the sort of the budget was elsewhere in this episode basically but it was I, the last no, episode actually... of season one so my glasses are falling off hang on there we my go. glasses I can't see without them so anyway they encounter oh no no spam purse goblin no Adam <laughs> spam purse goblin <laughs> no Right. We need to put. Okay, we need to. Can someone make note of these? Lee, as the daddy of Discord, can you put a poll on the Discord once we're done here, so people can vote for which their favorite name is? If you can, yeah. <laughs> I love it. I need Paul yeah. because Paul's got the mod access to do the vote. Anyway, so the the <laughs> encounter the gas scabs, and they are they are clinged onto the wall, and they are making all kinds of curdling noises as yeah. they do. Um, <laughs> They scan them. They they try and fire at them, and uh, one falls off, uh, I believe. And as they try and leave because they think it could be an ambush, one thunderbirds like flies off and well, attaches the, the thing. Sp- it, it attaches the spark, but the fact is they phaser these things. Like yeah, it's yeah. this foreshadowing of basically three of them basically put phasers on kill and basically hold it on them for like five seconds, and then one just falls off, and they're just like going. It's perfectly fine. It just fell off because it's a dumbass, you know. Like, and they're yeah. like, "Oh, you can't kill these things." Oh God, these terrifying. these must be from Sunderland. <laughs> but then I love the idea. I love the idea that Spock's just like, "Hmm, we should take one as a sample. That might help." And Kirk's like, "No, no, let's not bother. Let's go back to the ship." And Science. Like, oh, well, a lot of the episode would have been avoided by just yeah. not doing that. But <laughs> so but yeah, and I love it. I love it that they just literally. It, uh, they're going away. Spock is uh, last, and one of them flies onto his back and latches onto him, and then 
Kirk pulls it off, doesn't he? Yeah, after it's been punctured, even though the uniform is absolutely completely intact and there's no hole whatsoever. Uh, but it does <laughs> wasting it. a uniform on the last episode of the season. Oh god, no. Uh, so yeah, it inc- incapacitates Spock. Back, uh, um, they take him to sick bay. We see the lovely Michelle Beret Roddenberry as Nurse Chapel, who yes. is still deeply in love with Spock in the original series. Trying to operate on him, trying to find out what they can do. McCoy again. This is a very thing where Chapel is 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 the quintessential nurse. She's got a lot of feelings for Spock and McCoy, being the sixties hard ass doctor. He's just like, if you can't do this, get me a nurse that will. And he's just like, yeah. I honestly have to say, the more I watch, because I I kind of like I appreciate Kirk. Okay, like I Kirk is he is not my favorite captain. I don't yeah. like Kirk. Yeah, but I can see why he's a good captain i can see that he gets results i can see all of this bones isn't very good like the literally the more i see him the more i'm a bit like "Mm." you know like and it's this idea of he's and this episode is literally just an advert for medical malpractice this is the episode that they probably show at starfleet when they're going like they're you know demonstrating incidents at work or something you know where it's just like has this ever happened to you are you saying that mccoy is the reason that they have a video for health and safety is that what you're saying he's just a simple he's a simple country doctor that's all he is but it's like but in the previous episode on the uh edge of edge of forever um city on the edge of forever uh, he's basically sort of transported back into the past, and he's just like, look at them with their primitive technology, well, like scalpels and tits. syringes and stuff. Nobody's like, oh, all their primitive stuff. And then in this one, he's just like, let's cut their head off. Who gives a fuck? And you're just going, okay. Uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, so it is a very interesting thing, but fight me on this. I think. Well, he goes to the bridge and he shows a sample of the tentacles that are growing within uh, Spock and Kirk's mm. nephew. He shows them that there's a, there, he shows them a sample, uh, yeah. and basically says there is nothing that we currently can do. The entire science department of the Enterprise, the medical department of the Enterprise, is absolutely stumped. We don't know what to do. Mm. We then see Spock leave sick bay, um, break out of his uh, uh, break out of his rest- restraints. Well, this thing basically, uh, Spock wakes up and then, yeah. uh, you know, yeah, he, he wakes up and he tries to get Kirk, he basically tries to convince Kirk to let him to the planet. He's like, hey, look, I'm managing to control this pain, okay? No, he tries to take Vulcan. over the bridge first. Yeah. yeah. Well, what is it? Yeah, he wakes up, he uh, overpowers uh, Chapel and then teleports to the bridge seemingly because she immediately phones the bridge and goes oh watch out for spock and then he's there and i'm like how fast are these turbo lifts but you know turbo lift yeah turbo lift i'm just like it is one of these things like while i love trek the inconsistency between how you travel to different bits of the ship is very much a massive plot hole they they have two modes they have three (laughs) modes sorry they have regular yeah exposition mode (laughs) and (laughs) <laughs> and plot forwarding mode okay yeah it, literally where you're just like oh my god this guy's about to sort of like press the button that'll make his ship leave and then odo's sort of like in like uh in ops and he's like don't worry i'll get him and i'm like in less than a second you're saying oh yeah. and, you do, and you manage it okay right yeah. that's interesting anyway so uh, yeah they, they go but back yeah, to but, it, yeah. but yeah but basically um 
Spock on the bridge uh, tries to take control of the ship and they sedate him. Uh, McCoy comes in, sedates him, and then they take him back to his bed. And then when Spock wakes up, because uh, they're basically like uh, McCoy laughs at it and just goes, we can't tranquilize him. He's Vulcan. Like it won't do anything, hmm. uh, you know. So well, we've, we we the, the audience is led to believe, though, that Spock, obviously Spock has been infected with this uh, creature. Mm-hmm. We are led to believe that it's actually the creature trying yeah. like who has taken over Spock, who is basically saying, let me go. I am fine. I am controlling it. And then we realize because for the second time he breaks out of sick bay, this time out of the restraints of the 1960s Ford seatbelts that they've got on the Enterprise, breaks out of them, makes his way to the transporter room where he takes down, again, red shirt, it's the 60s. If you're a red shirt, you're dead. Takes out a couple of guards. Mm. Scotty being Scotty, he's just like, hold on there, bonnie lad. Yeah, hold gets on, a phaser. <clears throat> hold on there, bonnie lad. You ain't going nowhere. <laughs> Um, calls down uh, Kirk to the transporter room, and we think we're going to get this face off, uh, you know, between this alien and it's it's actually Spock, where he's like, I have been able to suppress the mm. the pain uh, and the the essentially the creature within his body from taking over, um, and because I am technically immune to this i'm the best candidate possible to go down to the surface and bring mm. back one of these creatures so we can study them and find out how we can kill them or eradicate them or yeah. neutralize them they reluctantly agree which mm. i i think is like kirk's given him the benefit of the doubt and he's like well, we, everyone yeah. is against the idea because they think that spock is being possessed and it is this it's this level of trust of basically just being like is he possessed is he just trying to get back to the planet but it is. It's actually Spock in control, we find out. But uh, I love what you said about the red coats, though, because I was so worried that there's this wonderful, beautiful uh, red coat in this episode. And I think it, it actually names her, which basically puts her ahead of most she of is, the bridge crew on Discovery. She is beautiful as well. Isn't she beautiful? Yes. Uh, she's called Helen. Yeah. She, she gets the name Helen. And she's great. And throughout the whole episode, I was like, oh, no, she's going to get killed. Yeah, she's, you a, know? she's a yeoman, but... Um, she, yes. she gets like three lines in it as well. I'm just like she gets more than the ginger kids, so you know. Becca's well, just said poor red. Get to be awake. <laughs> Be- Becca has just said poor red shirts. Yes, indeed, poor red shirts. However, you can get a lovely black shirt. Oh. Um, Fuck off. <laughs> which is showing the rather gorgeous <laughs> trekking up north logo. Look at this; it's absolutely beautiful. If you don't He's want to be a red shirt, wares. if you don't want to be a red shirt and you want to be a beautiful black shirt with our logo. Please send me a message and we can organise one to be sent direct to your door. <laughs> our our fantastic uh, viewer, Kelly, recently got hers this week and she displayed yeah. it proudly on Twitch as she was playing Five Nights at Freddy's. But if you do want a Trekking Up North t-shirt, please yeah. send as us a message. As seen on the Shuttle Pod show. As seen on the Shuttle, shuttle Pod show um, <laughs> by the lovely Get Mark Cottier. Lovely, delicious little triple from Minnesota. Boy, I want to lick his little beard. I, I, I want his pen. So if you... <laughs> uh, uh, Why has he not sort of cancelled us yet? You know, just, I just keep... I, I literally just keep posting, like, stupid comments on all of his Instagram stuff, and I'm just like, going, nope, I will not be serious. He's going to regret <laughs> hiring me for the Shuttlepod show. 
But uh, if you do want a Trekking Up North t-shirt, please send me a message or send Nerdy Up North a message and we will accommodate you. But make sure that you wear it and display it proudly on all your socials to let the people know Mm. that we are a show. Yes, segment (laughs) over. We exist. Add time over. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Uh, I I will say, when Spock beams down to the planet, this is one of my favourite bits of the episode because it's... You know, you got this in Thunderbirds, you got it in all of the 60s, 70s things. It's basically... <laughs> but, um, yeah, when we got that, where basically Spock teleports down to the planet, has a bit of a wander around, and then basically it has a guy, one of the crazies, like jumps out at him with like some weird massive metal spanner thing. Hmm. And then like uh, Spock's like cornered, and then it fades out to like commercial break, where it's like dramatic cliffhanger thing. And then when it fades back in, he literally just grabs the guy and nerve pinches him. And it's like, lasts a second. I was like, that was so fucking anticlimactic at all. Like, it's literally, it's like Captain Scarlet ending with this massive sort of, how, uh, what will happen? And then it's like, oh, he just stops the train, does he? All right, okay, never mind. You know, how will Captain like, Scarlet get out of it? Oh, he's indestructible. Oh, never mind. Uh, well, actually, to be fair, that's a really bad example because it was like, how will Captain Scarlet get it? Oh, he's just dead, is he? Right, how okay, will Troy McClure deal with those eyebrows? Oh, right, he just raises them. Right, I'll get that. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Um, I love that bit, though. I like I the just, it's he... like, And the music is so dramatic and he's just like, nah, fuck off, mate. Yeah. <laughs> but he, he does manage... He, he is able to uh, not subdue, but take one off the wall with a lot of phaser, pi- phaser fire. Yeah, Uses the acrylic uh, tongs. The, the, what are we calling them? Uh, what are scab. we calling them, guys? Gash cabs? Is that what we're going to call them? The gash cab. He just takes one of the gash cabs. He picks a gash cab. And, and someone commented on it earlier, but he puts it into his little red lunchbox. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's like he's got this little pail. With acrylic tongs, it? because in the 60s, if it was futuristic, it was made out of plastic. I genuinely love this, because, like, you know, the machine... I remember in school, in uh, DT class, uh, where basically we had access to all the machines where you could, like bend acrylic and shape it and cut it and stuff like that and it was just like oh this is amazing i'd make everything out of acrylic and then in this one they've just gone okay we've got a fuck ton of acrylic to use so let's make some tongs we'll make loads of weird dildo things that are weapons I, you know it's i made right this is how ahead of the times i was i made <laughs> a plastic bright orange luminescent plastic orange mobile phone holder with a magnet on it Wow. Because Take I that thought data. because I thought at the time and this is like nineteen ninety nine and I thought it's a magnet. I can put my mobile phone on that and that will not fall off. I can put it on the wall, I can put it on a table and it will yeah. not fall off. And they were like, You stupid boy, you can't use a <laughs> magnet next to a mobile phone. It will scramble all the data. Flash forward to twenty twenty three when we're just going to everything with magnets <coughs> on the phones. Well, this is the weird thing is obviously the thing about like uh, because we have SD cards now, they're not actually that kind of drive. It's basically the magnet only was a problem because basically you were taking because of basically how that I'm trying to I'm trying to dumb it down. I'm like, there is no way that I can dumb it down. But essentially, it's the idea of it won't really affect SD cards. It yeah. won't really affect like, you know, the hard drives that we put in phones, because oddly enough, they don't move. They're not that kind of like storage device. But it's it is crazy though that we use magnets for everything now. So he's got the sample. <laughs> is Gashcab's winning the poll? The, the, is Gashcab winning is. it? Okay, so <laughs> Spock obtains a Gashcab. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Jesus Christ. What is this episode? Back on the Enterprise, McCoy is trying to find a way to kill it. Uh, cannot find anything. They have tried literally everything they can think of to kill this creature. And Kirk has, to, has a moral quandary. Does he... Yeah. Does he wipe out... Well, it's, no, it's, it's not a quandary, is it, really? It's, it's basically... They need to find something to kill these creatures... Or he has to it's, wipe out an entire yeah. colony to prevent them from spreading. Well, the hilarious thing is, basically, he he is faced with a quandary, and his answer is, no, I don't want either of those options, which is basically like swerving the quandary, I think. that That's the technical way of doing it. He doesn't believe in a no-win scenario, though. No, mm. but isn't that part of the officer training program? Yeah, that he cheated um, on. Spoiler alert. Yeah, he's just cheated on it. Hey, my brother's got a moustache. Oh, I passed. Mm. Yes. Uh, and so... also a beard. They they basically say there there is nothing that they can do. The only alternative is to wipe out this colony. Spock volunteers to beam himself and the nephew down so they can be. Well, wiped we, out we get an amazing moment where Kirk minces out uh, after doing a camp slamming of his fist. You know, where basically his entire room of people is going, yeah, we're probably gonna if we can't kill the creatures, then we're just gonna have to nuke the planet basically. And he's just like, no, there must be a <laughs> third option. That's what he said. I want that third alternative, and then has a bit of a, a bit of a mince out the room, which I was like, this is very camp, you know. But Kirk, but Kirk... And I, lo- I love that he does he does this really sort of tame smack because mm. you know that the the set would fall apart if he actually put any. You know, the table it. is the cheapest form of MDF. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it's like this is where the rest of the acrylic went. It's like this, oh fuck. This is this is an Argos set piece, so we don't want to hit it too hard <laughs> because it will snap in half. But Kirk being Kirk inadvertently comes up with the third alternative all by himself. Which is great. Which is great. And this is this is why I'm really disappointed at Bones, because out of all the episodes I've watched so far, I just don't think he's very good. Because literally it's like, didn't you try this? Like, what did you do? Like I just like the idea. Why did like, you not use oh, UV? Yeah, we, we've tried everything to try and kill these creatures. And he's just like, What what is everything? Well, I, I pissed on one. And I shouted at it for a bit. And it it's didn't not seem a to do gremlin anything. bones. <laughs> yeah, but you're just going, what the fuck did you try if you didn't try this? And I know it's just a plot, but the fact is it makes bones look pretty bad that he sort of misses such a fucking obvious thing. And that Spock misses such a fucking obvious thing. Because as a logical person, surely he should be like, hmm, let's connect all of these events over the episode together, you know. And that's what Kirk does, but... uh Fair play to him. Well, they test out the theory that uh, <clears throat> the amount of light that they need is the equivalent of one million candles. And I got a flashback to the Rod Gilbert stand-up. Per inch. Yeah, per inch. And I got yeah. a flashback to the Rod Gilbert stand-up where he's like, the torch with the power of one million candles. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, they come up, they, they come to the decision. Like, the craft that they encountered at the beginning of the episode where, um, <laughs> what? I'm just laughing about Bones again because I've got a quote here, which is Kirk points out that something in the sun must have been able to kill them and that's why that guy flew into it. And Bones goes, you can't move Denver closer to the sun. And you're like, I I love that your mind went there. That's why he's a doctor and not a scientist. So (laughs) So He's just just like, hmm, how could we possibly make things bright? And you're just like, wait, move a planet to the sun. <laughs> yeah. Okay, right. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm. I think Bones lied on his CV. I'm calling it out now. <laughs> so they test out this theory on a creature on the on the on the gas cab. The gas cab. 
they uh, subject <laughs> they subject I'm crying, man. I'm crying. they subject the creature to an immense form of light. They study it and they realize that it has actually killed the gas. They don't study it at all. They literally flash some light on it and then they go in. And they're like, "Oh, it's dead." And you're like, "Are you gonna That's check studying anything?" Studying in the sixties. That is studying. They literally just look at it, and I'm like, it looks exactly like it did when it was on the wall. Nothing has changed with it. And they're like, oh, well. It's shriveled a bit. Was perfect. The scab has dried up. It's you know, You're now able to pick it off if you want to do so. I, I've worked with UX testers that are more diligent than them in this scene, and that's saying something. So it's... Yeah. <laughs> so they test the theory, and then they go, well, hang on. It works on the gas scabs, but we have got a one million population on the surface. We need to eradicate it with, you know from them how do we do it we need to test it on a on a subject mm. spock volunteers as spock when they, yeah especially when they've got a ginger kid lying around and they're just like hang on why did they pick spock so spock volunteers <laughs> i'm not but i'm not raising to it i'm not i'm not raising to it guys i'm not i'm not I just love the idea that, like, oh, oh well, Spock volunteers, which is, you know... You all think he's taking the piss, but secretly, Sonoy's is ginger. He just shaves it to hide it and dyes his beard. <gasps> so... I actually I actually did, because I was feeling really... Because I'm really ill today, and I've been absolutely fucking awful all day. I basically... I've, I've just fermented my beard to make it a bit, like, browner, so I actually look like a living person. I've seen Sonoy's with actual hair. walking corpse that i have i have i have seen sonoys with long hair and i'm telling you that is the most strawberry blonde shit i have ever seen in my entire life and he can't hide that so um if only man if only i had the other accoutrements of being ginger though Mm, charm so the uh (laughs) (laughs) sorry i'm tired and i'm a bitch um yeah oh you bitch you bitch (laughs) Someone's a bitch, and it's not the chat oh. or Sonoy's. Stop being such a batch. <laughs> you fucking batch. That's basically Spock in this scene. Spock is yeah. just... Well, it's McCoy afterwards. After what happens, he's like, oh, well, you know. So, so Spock volunteers, and uh, McCoy says, I've, I've got these uh, specialised shades for you, so you can shield your eyes from the light. Uh, they get into the... Spock sits in the chamber, and McCoy Well, goes, well Spock points out that they can't give him the goggles... Because oh, the yes. people on the planet that were they're trying because I thought this was a massive plot hole until I rewatched the episode and then saw it because I was playing mm. on my phone or something. Um and then basically like uh I think it was but it was the idea of um yeah, Spock basically goes, No, don't give me any goggles because the people on the planet that we're going to administer this cure to won't have the goggles. Uh and so he does it, and obviously McCoy's just like, Oh, but your optic nerves, like this amount of light, you know, yeah. will really damage them. Uh, but Spock's like, nope, nope, I need to save all these people. At the... Well, to be fair, Spock was going to kill himself anyway. Like, Spock was literally just he has like, a hey, just... for doing this. Yeah, and you nuke me on the planet. And uh, yeah. it's just like, okay, so I guess if this works, it's probably sort of the better option out of death. Also, and, you know, also I'm getting... The Suleban, uh, what's the name? It's the Braverman kind of option where you basically go, do you want to go be disabled or death? <laughs> There's your two options. Being blind oh. is a lifestyle choice. So I, I, I'm getting a... <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting flashbacks though to um, Rainier Wolfcastle. The goggles, they do nothing. Yeah, they do nothing. Uh, um, but <laughs> I hope Jake's also, watching this. He's also, like, as, well, also yeah. as well, Charles Royals just said uh, using a million candles uh, is an actual maritime measurement. So that's Wait. good. I just love the the impracticality of that, where you just go, oh, how do we demonstrate this? Does it's anyone a have a million candles? It's a lumen. 
That that's how that's I mean, how lumens. Uh, that's how the unit of measurement is for a lumen. It's a candle. A lumen. Are they like naughty lumens? My my light bulbs are thirteen hundred and sixty lumens. So it's the power of thirteen hundred and sixty candles. Yeah. Well, actually, it's funny you mention that because I went to IKEA and I basically got some one million candles per square inch uh, bulbs installed. So. <laughs> I could literally just turn up the brightness on OBS. <laughs> and, ah! <laughs> just like, and now to blind the noise because it is a, it is a lifestyle choice. So, <laughs> but yes, but, uh, yeah. So basically, Spock goes in. They um they shine the light on him and stuff, and obviously he goes like, oh, you know, uh, closes his eyes. But then basically they open the door again. And he he says, "I'm cured. I can't feel the thing anymore. Like it, it's it's totally gone, kind of thing." And he gets up and he sort of walks out the chamber door and he's like, "Oh, I'm I'm totally cured," and then bumps into a table, and has the second best line in the entire thing, which is, "I am also quite blind." <laughs> which is like not like as in quite blind. I, I it's it's whereas blind tends to be a boolean usually where he sort of. But here is the plot twist, everybody. Chapel. Oh no, no, not not yet, not yet. Oh not yeah, yet. it is. It's it's no, straight it's, away. It's it's a, is it? No, it's straight away. It is straight oh, away. Yeah. So he's he's like, I'm also quite blind. And then the next yeah. scene, Chapel walks in with the results of the gas scab. Yeah. And then McCoy realizes they didn't have to blind Spock because <laughs> McCoy medical malpractice of the year exposed him to every form of light radiation and it was totally not needed and it was not needed because only one form that is invisible to the spectrum of most people <laughs> was needed to kill the gash scabs and i love i love the idea because this whole scene obviously we're talking about mccoy being training videos earlier mm. but this whole scene is literally a sort of uh you know yeah like you're saying uh medical malpractice this whole yeah. thing is just like have you been injured as part of an accident or at home or at work <laughs> yeah you could be entitled to compensation if there was, i just love yeah. the idea of it changing to this i got blinded by being exposed to the light of one million candles per inch and now suella braverman won't return my calls so the <laughs> it's a lifestyle choice yeah. so mccoy blames himself for blinding Fucking spock toys. we see that the enterprise we see the Enterprise is depositing 210 satellites around the orbit of Denver. Um, and, and they haven't got the note either, so we have a lot of blind people. They Imagine if that was the twist. They were like, and McCoy's like, oh yeah, I should have told them as well, actually. They use the satellites to admit they use the satellites to emit this light spectrum, which we apparently cannot see, but makes everything glow red, which means that yeah. we can technically see it. Um it kills all the gash scabs on Denver. It frees the gash scabs on Denver. It you know, frees the, the population. They get confirmation that the population are coming out of it and that these gash scabs are dying. I keep saying this so much, we're going to get demonetized. <laughs> but it works. It absolutely works. They have killed the vomit pancakes that are on Denver. <laughs> we get to the epilogue of the episode. <laughs> So just Christopher is just like, have you been injured while experimenting with gash caps? This needs to be an advert. We need to edit this this advert using footage from this episode. 
Have you been injured whilst being penetrated by a gash scab? You may be entitled <laughs> to substantial compensation. <laughs> but yeah, the the uh, the epilogue of the show, which is classic, the original series, classic 60s, 70s and 80s TV, well, where it's just well, like... We, we get a whole thing, though. We get scenes where McCoy is feeling very guilty. We get a couple of little scenes where yeah. basically McCoy is like, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I've... Because like, he was saying earlier that basically Spock is the best first officer in all of Starfleet. Mm -hmm. And then he's like, oh shit, now I've like blinded him, which is, you know, terrifying and he's really guilty. But then obviously, like you're saying, in the next scene, it kind of gets reversed because... <laughs> Spock can see. Because, <laughs> he guys... He turns up on the bridge and he can see. And it's like... Because he... Good... He conveniently forgot, much like the human appendix, the Vulcans have got an inner eyelid to protect the ocular nerves from harsh sun because Vulcan has two or three harsh suns because it's a, it's yeah. a desert planet. And he's like, I conveniently forgot it, much like the human appendix. So all is well on the Enterprise. Well, the gas well, scabs are dead. And, and, and once again, we're just going, so McCoy... Your knowledge of Vulcan physiology, then, you know, is that is that yet another class that you skipped? You know, it's this whole thing is literally just going, are you really a doctor? Are you actually? You know? He's a bitter divorcee. That's what he is. <laughs> That's it. I mean, I like him as a character, but I'm just like, you know what I complain? I complain that Crusher is a bad doctor. Yeah. I think Bones might be worse. Chris I is... Think he... Yeah. Chris has just said plot eyelids. I like that. Plot eyelids. They, they do they do though make a callback to this in Star Trek Enterprise season four when they are uh, they are crossing a desert on Vulcan and Archer's got sunglasses on and Topol goes, Oh, I don't need them, I've got inner eyelids and we're like, Alright, you fucking show off. Um Yeah, that's it. But yes, Vulcan uh, have inner eyelids. Um but I love the fact that the first sight of his recovery, the first sight oh, after so... his recovery, is can McCoy. I do, can I do this? Can yeah, I, go can on. Can I do this? Yeah, basically, Kirk's sort of going, oh, wow. So finding out that you could actually see, that must have made a, you know, elicited an emotional response. Uh, you know, but I'm sure you sort of held it down. And then Spock's just like, no, I did have quite a strong response because the first sight I saw was Dr. McCoy bending over me. <laughs> and then, and then McCoy... <laughs> just slaps back immediately. This this banter is fucking amazing. I love the banter. Just slaps back immediately with like, a pity your brief blindness didn't increase your appreciation for beauty, Mr. Spock. Oh! <laughs> it's just like, you go, girl. You know, it's like... I love it. They it love is... each other so fucking much. Well, and you the can thing. tell... Like the fact that they have such great banter. They're, they're, these characters, like this, the unit of the three of them, like are really, really good. Yeah. And it's a bit of a shame that we didn't get more of it in the episode, but I like that they have this little sort of pally bit at the end, which is great. Honestly, it's the, one of the redeeming features of Star Trek V is the, the trio mm -hmm. banter that we get. Um, but yes, that was Operation Annihilate. A yeah. really solid original series episode. One of the 30 that are solid, to be fair, let's be <laughs> honest. It's 60s. It's got questionable sedation of hysterical women. It's got cheap effects. However, you suspend your disbelief. You have fun. It is a solid story. Lots happen. Yeah, no, a lot happens. In 52 like, minutes. 
I, I, I was saying, like I was saying to you that it's the narrative is weird. It's like ADHD yeah. writer, basically, because they just all this stuff happens and you get to the end and you're like, wait, that feels so far away yeah. when we had mobs with Perspex dildos and stuff. And then, you know, you get to the end and it very much how most Star Trek has like an A plot and then it has like a B plot and maybe mm. a C plot kind of working through it. This one is just this stream of consciousness of things that happen, and then it just forgets the previous things. So by the end, oh yeah, Sam Kirk's dead. Oh, and we've got an orphan on board, but now nah, we don't need to go into that again. That that was weeks ago, you know. It's like, oh yeah, uh, we've got this dead woman here. No, we're not going to mourn. Like Kirk doesn't seem that bothered by the fact that Sam is dead. If I'm perfectly honest about this, but again, yeah, it's it's a roller coaster of an episode, and then. The spot going blind at the end is weird. Like that's a you don't tend to get sort of weird shocks like that in the third act of something, you know. <laughs> I'm just yeah. The the one thing that that does peeve me off, and we we have mentioned this, the fact that Sam's son is never ever mentioned ever again in Star Trek. <laughs> they literally just go. From teleport him into space, you know. Full but it's, on, it's it's like you full know, on Terran Empire. If, it, just, if you, you think know. about it, though, if you think about it, like how synonymous is the Kirk name in the Star Trek universe? Where, as as recently as season three of Picard, he is there and mentioned and everything like that, and mm. you know he's got this legacy. <clears throat> However, no one goes. You know the Kirks actually still exist, and this this goes back to Jonathan Frakes made a pitch to CBS Paramount around 2015, mm. 2016. This is when um, they were looking at bringing back Star Trek to TV. So they were accepting mm. pitches. And one of them, and again, they fucking stole this, but one of them was Jonathan Frakes wanted to do Star Trek in the uh, 31st century. Mm. Ring any bells, yeah. anybody? <laughs> where it was, you know, 800, 900 years after the events of the next generation, the Federation is a shadow of its former, former self. Ring any bells, anybody? <laughs> and that in order to rebuild the Federation to how it once was, there wasn't any catastrophic, catastrophic events or anything like that. It was just the Federation had fell out of favour. Like every empire, like every civilization, you have the yeah. rise and you have the fall. And it was basically... Was it, was it perchance because, uh, you know, some alien screamed somewhere and destroyed all of the... Uh... <laughs> Are so anyway... Yeah, that's it. It's your favourite season, Goodwill. It's your favourite show. I'm awaiting the audio message from you for that that 52 minute <laughs> audio message and I'm going to have to go somewhere quietly. I haven't got back to it, man. Like, I literally... Yeah. I have had time. I genuinely have had time this week to watch stuff. And I haven't been able to bring myself to get back to Discovery. But, but I will watch I will watch it. But, but anyway, new... anyway, so this pitch. So this pitch. Okay. This is what Frakes did. It was called Star Trek Federation. Now, Frakes had had this for 20 years. So when Paramount started... He'd already been to Paramount in the mid-2000s and they weren't interested. So when mm. they started again to, to look at bringing Trek back to a TV series, he went back to Star Trek Federation. And he said it's going to be a newly commissioned 
enterprise that's going to help spearhead and rebuild the Federation to mm. what it used to be because there was an overarching threat, blah, 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 blah. And they were going to use a Kirk, and it was a descendant of um, not Kirk himself because Kirk never mm. had children. Yeah. He did. Well, he that did. we know of. He did. We... No, he did. <laughs> but he's worse than bloody Boris Johnson. But we had, we had David... But we all know what happened to David. But it was a descendant. It was a descendant of the Kirk family, who would be in mm. command of its of the Starship Enterprise again. And They'd I thought, be an Uber ginger by then. It would be really cool though, because after fifty years, it would have been really cool for them to go. Yes, this Kirk didn't have the lineage. However, the spirit of James carried on through Sam's son mm -hmm. and then their descendants and their descendants and their descendants. And that would have been yeah. absolutely fantastic to identify that. Um, Becker's just said, hmm, imagine Paramount stealing stuff. They stole <laughs> a lot for Discovery. That's all I'm saying. A lot of it was stolen from a lot of mm. stuff or influenced, as they like to say. But that is my only... Is that why it feels like a patchwork quilt at times? Don't make me scream and destroy stuff. So, but that that was our review. But ho oh, hold on a minute, Sir Noise. Oh, we are getting are we an incoming it? transmission. Are we doing it? Hold on. Incoming transmission. Oh, there we go. Oh my God. Oh, oh yes. Oh Come on. no. Everyone in the chat, fingers crossed. Code it of is honor. here again. Code of honor, everyone. It is the double <laughs> wheel of episodes, treks and trekkers. <laughs> if you are new to our podcast, this is the double wheel of episodes where the lovely science officer Sonoys has programmed every Star Trek episode and movie our discovery into the double wheel. My hand slipped. <laughs> it will randomly spin and whatever it lands on, we will review next week on Trekking Up North. Ooh. Okay, so well, fingers crossed, code of honor, or <laughs> what is it, Sabrosa? What do you want it to be? Apart from those two train wrecks, what would you want to see? What series or episode like, would you want the, to see? This is the really annoying thing. It's literally the the episode. Like I've mentioned it a couple of times, but the episode just before this in the original series, I would love to talk about that. The city on the edge of forever. It's a very very good episode. I really enjoyed it. And for a time travel one, that's kind of rare. It has a lot of bullshit in it, but I love the kind of message it has. Uh, but yeah, but. I'm really hoping for some DS9. Honestly, hoping for some DS9, but... I want to see either... Code of Honor is a good second choice. I want to see either something from Deep Space Nine or something from Star Trek Enterprise just because I want to sing Faith of the Heart to everyone. <laughs> because I, I want you... Which one, though? What if it's season four and you get the weird Fucking sort of mariachi Fucking no version? tambourines allowed. <laughs> Do we have to have tambourines if no. it's season three or four? no. Okay. No. So DS9 or Enterprise. Charles says Threshold. Yes, Ooh, I do want to see Threshold. I do want to see Threshold. Becca says DS9. Lee Davis says Season 2, I'm guessing. Uh, it's got to be a Voyager episode, Season 2 of Voyager. Ooh. Maybe a Seska-centric. Right. Are you ready, Science Officer Sunoise? Okay, cool. Uh, is the audience ready? Are we all ready to yell Are we all ready? Three, two, one. Lord, it's spinning. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh no! No! No!
Bravo! Wow. Star Trek The Next Generation. I bog. It is Hugh. Wow, we get the full Hugh episode. It is a Hugh episode. Oh, we're going back to TNG. Lovely. I will get the synopsis synopsis up for our lovely viewers. The the problem is I I actually double-checked this. I effectively tore open the circuits of the Dabo wheel a couple of weeks ago. Um, (laughs) That would suggest I was a top. Um, But the... uh, went through it to try and go why is it favoring the next generation like it is we have all of them have the same amount of episodes pretty much but we still haven't had any ds9 or enterprise and i'm just like going well how is this happening but yeah it is it is totally random so it's just very weird luck <laughs> star trek the next generation season five episode 23 i borg An encounter with an injured adolescent Borg affords Picard the opportunity to remove the Borg threat forever. Mm. Guys. Now, this is another episode. I love that all of the episodes we've had of Next Gen are the ones with huge consequences for the whole Star Trek sort of, like, universe. And you're like, this is a massive one in terms of lore. And it's just weird. Like, why haven't we got one where it's just like, even Captain's Holiday has weird little ties to you know the wider universe you know it's it's very strange computer transfer all communications back to Elkar's one mm. oh <laughs> this you, you need to you need to have uh, marshall's voice doing it i will have marshall's <laughs> voice on anything i need it on satellite <laughs> navigation i need it on my dolls i need everything um Guys, The Next Generation is on Netflix in the UK. If you are in the US, it is obviously on Paramount+. Plus. We encourage you. And lots of other places on the internet. Don't you know. Or DVDs or Blu-rays or VHS <laughs> tapes or Betamaxes. Guys, you can, you can watch it on like one of those weird uh, Spock view screen things. <laughs> That's what he's watching. He's yeah. literally watching Next Gen on that thing when he looks into it. You can watch it on Edison Wax Cylinder if you want to. <laughs> Guys... We encourage you because we really enjoyed watching you experience the original series this week. And in the Discord, you were all discussing it. And it was absolutely wonderful to see so many people who don't necessarily watch Star Trek discover something new and what they liked and what they didn't like and highlighted very relevant issues, you know, about this was a 60s episode. So it had 60s etiquette mannerisms cultural mm. uh staples we encourage you to do the same next week with i borg which was season five of the next generation so that was 1992 91 92 no 92 93 yeah i don't know how time works <laughs> so I very much would like because this also ties into Star Trek Picard. This one, this is this is yeah. a, a plot point it's, for Star Trek Picard as it well. It is. It ties into everything. It's it like, does. There, there isn't a series of Trek. I don't. Well, obviously not Enterprise, but that doesn't reference this in some way. I'm pretty yes. sure even Voyager just goes, "Hey, remember Hugh and that whole thing?" And obviously in Lower Decks, we literally had the the conspiracy episode that we just did a couple of weeks ago where the conspiracy theorist is like sort of Hugh wasn't real. <laughs> yeah, Hugh wasn't real. Wolf 359 was an inside job. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, uh, what was the other? Captain Picard's but, an AI. <laughs> but this is, the, this is the cool thing, Adam, where you don't need to watch all of TNG. You, you don't, don't need to be a massive fan like us. Just go and find this one episode and watch it completely out of context and then come back to us next week. Speak to us in the Discord uh uh, with Daddy Discord, and basically t- 
tell us what you think of it, you know, because it's this is the fun thing. Like Trek, you can just dive into. It's not like, oh, you need to know it. Most next gen doesn't need a massive sort of in last week's episode. We had this, you know, you can just kind it's of slot delicious into it. exposition done so sublimely well. Mm -hmm. If you've if you jump in on iBorg and you've never seen season two, three, four, whatever of next generation and it goes, why is Picard, why does Picard hate that? Oh, OK, that's why. And then it just continues yeah. with the plot, <laughs> which is so brilliantly done that most new trek like discovery where it's just like oh you haven't seen the last 40 episodes well you will know absolutely nothing about this but hey we yeah. don't we don't give any backstory to our characters anyway so, <laughs> so that's why i was making a joke about the fact that we learned about fucking helen and she's never going to appear again probably helen but, but, but we, we had, had helen, helen the red coat the uh mm -hmm. the the yeoman uh you know and she's never going to be seen again but she had a name and i still can't who is the who is the person with dreadlocks on the bridge of discovery? Yes. Who is she? Yes. So I, <laughs> Yeah, I'm like yeah. it's been like four seasons. Who who are you? You know She like, does she does get a bit of backstory in like? season four. To be fair, does she does she? get a little okay, bit of backstory. Finally. But however, forgettable. So guys, this has been Trekking Up North. This has been our review of Operation Annihilate. It has been wonderful to do this <clears> after the week. I have had. I love each and every one of you. Sonoise, what have you got going on in the following week? I'm currently being very ill, which is wonderful for How me. How dare you? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's it. I've actually got not much on, which is pretty good. We, like I said, uh, check out the girl podcast, G-U-R-L, on Spotify. Girl. Uh, search for Girl Global. Oh, girl. Because uh, that was very fun. I'm just putting a new episode out, and there's plenty of other episodes to watch. Mm -hmm. uh, what have I got going on? There's some interviews coming out on Instagram and things, but I'm not doing any performances. Although, because basically I told myself I need a break, so I was not accepting any more drag work until the new year, uh, where we've got DragCon in London. But then I got approached by Drag Castle to do their panto again, and it was very fun, because you can be very stupid in panto. Like, the last pantomime performance I did was one of the silliest things I've ever done, where I was a fairy godmother, but then we had a whole Jeffrey Bezos number where <sighs> someone came on in a suit with a huge oversized Jeffrey Bezos song uh, head on, just grinding against me. And yeah, and then and then I think we kill him. But it was very surreal. But yeah, the whole thing was very silly. Uh, so I will be doing that again. I believe it is December 17th at Prohibition Bar in Newcastle. So there's going to be limited tickets. But when we fleshed out more and we actually have an event for it, I'll bring it up again. Uh, but yeah, aside December, from that, uh, I'm 17th. I think it's a Sunday. The day before my birthday. Well, if you want to make your birthday seem better by going to something terrible beforehand... <laughs> it will make it well to adequate. be fair we'll probably be out for your birthday on the Saturday or something will we? Yeah. <laughs> oh, maybe no. I don't know <laughs> <That's it. laughs> foreshadowing uh, oh no uh, um, but... um, oh the, the other thing is basically uh, I will be on the actual main Nerdy Up North uh, podcast next Sunday where we will be reviewing The Crow the movie with uh, Brandon Lee and... Kaka. Kaka. bang fuck I'm dead you are not twitching <laughs> tonight though because you are very ill I'm not. I, I really, I really want to, guys. But I'm meant to be doing stuff early tomorrow morning, and I'm still in that kind of. If I just get enough sleep, I won't be ill tomorrow. And I'm just like, mm, 
it won't work i know but i'm gonna try so yeah no twitching tonight what i'll do is i might try and stream mid midday on sunday where we'll get some system shock sundays in yeah see if we can get a bit further in that but yeah sorry guys but next week <laughs> I, um, for obvious reasons, will not be twitching on uh, Tuesday. Um, mm. Two reasons, yes. Uh, the second <laughs> one being the laptop. You finished the game, yeah. but also a more important one. The, 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 the laptop froze earlier on, and I'm like, are you about to die? And so <laughs> I'm, I'm sort of like, I'm trying to take it easy um, with this until I can invest in a swanky new desktop pc which i am looking at purchasing soon um so that that's all very fun i can then do 12 hour streams of euro truck simulator with a trailer full of paul's face just oh, to annoy God. him um well <clears throat> oh peach uh yay peaches is saying that she's on the crow one with me so that'll be fun it'll be raw good ginger action raw ginger action oh. i might dye my hair for it no <laughs> guys if you are not subscribed to the nerdy up north youtube channel what are you doing hit that like button subscribe caress the bell we do Ooh, many things. little bell bits we do many many shows with many many awesome people and we talk about many many things so there will be something for everybody on the nerdy up north channel we are also on all the social medias that you can think of all the links are down below you can catch me at goodwill none on twitter uh, i'm also on blue sky as well now <laughs> I am on the blue sky. I'm on threads. I'm on Instagram. Sanoise is on Twitch. He's on. I, the... I got an invite. Some a, a, a guy messaged me on Twitter being like, hey, do you want my invite to blue sky? And I was like, I, I haven't even posted on fucking threads yet. What are you expecting me to do? I'm terrible with all of that shit. That's why I do it for you. Well, this is the thing. I'm literally I like I keep going. Oh, I should post in the discord more and I should do this and stuff. And I'm just like. No, <laughs> it's, it's no, wonderful, guys, because I promote, I promote, like, I promote Sonoys, I promote Trekking Up North, and it's wonderful seeing Sonoys' dead and dormant Twitter account get more followers than you do by putting no effort in whatsoever. Where it goes from like, oh, he had six hundred, oh, he's got eight hundred, oh, he's got a thousand, oh, he's got eleven hundred. Okay. <laughs> now I can say this because it's the end of the episode, but like. This is the easiest job I've ever had because literally I just turn up and talk shit and Goodwill, you are the master of this. You are the one who puts all of the work in and you are very conscious of me and you're asking how I feel about everything and I'm very much kind of like going, you do all the work, so whatever you think, uh, which I think is a good working relationship, I think. Um, but you put in all the work for this. Whereas with the girl podcast, I put in so much work into that and it is exhausting being mm -hmm. on the other end of the spectrum, which is why I don't do it for this. It's mutually like, beneficial. We, I had to edit the episode that just came out yesterday, okay? Mm. And wow, that took some editing magic because the guests just kept moving off the question. You'd ask a question and then they talk about something else. And so I literally just had to have all the different segments on different layers, mm. editing them so that they seemed like a coherent answer to a question. Whereas actually they were like segments from 20 minutes apart. Tangents, <laughs> if you it. will. Yeah, that's it. And he was just going like, wow. And I was just like, this is so much work. It took me like 15 hours. And I think the end product is only about an hour and five minutes. 
and you're just going like, oh my God, it was so much work. But it's the, the passion there. So it's wonderful having this where I can just turn up, just talk about something I'm very, very passionate about. I think Jake put it well in uh, one of our team chats where he said, a well-rested goodwill with plenty of time is a danger to us all. And I'm like, <laughs> yes. If I didn't have another full-time job, you would all be screwed because I have got the skills, the power. I just don't have the time. Unlimited power. Unlimited power. But yes, <laughs> you can come and find me on Twitter if anyone would like a sexy Trekking Up North t-shirt. Send me a message. Send Paul, the cult leader, a message. Send me um, a message and I will ignore it. I will be like, what t-shirts? What the fuck's that? <laughs> but guys... I will literally just pa pass it on to you, Goodwill, actually. Yeah, we... we we send you all the love in the world, everybody. Until we speak again next week, stay safe, take care of each other, live long and prosper. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining, Charles. I mean, Miles. 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 Mipsy. Ah.